0: Turn in your Bibles, please, to 2 Samuel chapter 6 as we continue our study through Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart with the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets. And symbols, and when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down there because of his error. And he died there beside the ark of God. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzza to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. And David danced before the Lord with all his might And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting, with the sound of the horn. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed among all the people the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed each to his house. And David returned to bless his household, but Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how the king of Israel has honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord. I'll make myself yet more contemptible than this. And I'll be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you have spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. And Mahal, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. And may God add his rich blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful that you have spoken to us in your word. And we pray that by the power of your spirit that you would speak to us, that you would open our eyes, that we would see our Lord Jesus high and lifted up, that his sheep would hear the voice of their good shepherd and know him and follow him. And would you open our hearts that we would offer them to you promptly and sincerely in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Please read all instructions carefully before beginning. A few times in elementary school, we were given a test that had maybe 20 questions or so, and that was the first in the list of directions at the top of the test. Please read all directions before you start the test. Uh, The list of instructions included the standard directions of that day like uh, use a number two pencil, write your name and date in the upper right hand corner and so forth. And the last direction at the end of the list said do not answer any questions on this test. Let me ask, any of y'all ever have anything like that when you were in elementary school was that just me? About half the class put down their pencils while the other half was about a third of the way down the list answering the questions. After the first time I had one such test as that, I got to where every time we had a test, I would read all the way down to the end, hoping against hope to find some instruction to just lay down my pencil and not have to take it. But it only happened three or four times. You know, the reason they gave us that test was not to be cute or prank the small children. It was an attempt to teach us not to wind up like this poor soul we read about today, Uzzah. They were taking the ark to Jerusalem. It it says the city of David. Of course, we're familiar from the Christmas story of Luke chapter two. that uh, That's Bethlehem, David's birthplace, but... Here in the context of Samuel, it's uh, Jerusalem. Uh, It's referred uh, to Jerusalem as the city of David in 2 Samuel 5, 7. Uh, Now remember the Ark of the Covenant has been at the town of Kiriath-Jerim here in uh, 2 Samuel 6. It's called Baal or Baalid Judah, uh, the same place. And it's been there since the Philistines uh, sent it back in uh, 1 Samuel 6. You remember they captured it uh, in uh, battle and put it in the temple of their god, uh, Dagon. But they found out uh, that they got more than they bargained for and uh, sent the ark back. It's been in this town, Baal, Judah, ever since that instance years and years ago. We read in 1 Samuel 14 that King Saul had sent for it one time in a battle. That was a bad move, and that's really all we know about it. But now here in this passage, King David has conquered Jerusalem from the Jebusites. He's building it up into the holy capital city the seat of the national and religious life of the Israelites. And so, David has brought a delegation to Baal Judah to retrieve the Ark of the Covenant and take it to Zion. They put the Ark on a new wagon and these two brothers, Uzzah and Ahiah, start towards Jerusalem. Along the way, one of the Oxen pulling the cart stumbles. Apparently, they did not have the ark secured with tie downs because it started to slide when the ox stumbled. Well, they saw the ark beginning to slide and Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark and he died on contact. Now, as we'll see What they were setting out to accomplish in bringing the ark to Jerusalem was a good thing. The ark of the covenant itself was obviously a good thing. But the way they went about it was wrong. God had given them instructions for how to handle the ark. Either they never read them, forgot about them, or just plain disregarded them. And a man wound up getting killed because of it. So the message is clear. Read the instructions before use. Let's get to it. First, in this passage, we see the right thing the wrong way. The right thing the wrong way. Look at verse 5. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and God struck him down there because of his error and he died there beside the ark of God. And so they put the ark on the cart, headed to Jerusalem. It says they're joyful, they're celebrating, making music An ox ark stumbles. They've hit a pothole in the road. Uzzah reaches out, steady the ark and God strikes him dead. Look at verse eight. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah and that place is called Perez, Uzzah to this day. And notice two important details in verse eight. One is that David was angry with the Lord. Even true believers get mad at God at times. It's wrong. It is sinful. It is never the appropriate response of the creature to be mad at the creator, God. But it does happen. They were moving along, taking the ark to its new home, happy, singing, all was well And then God stopped the whole show, just killed a man. A man who was trying to take care of the holy ark of God. Why would the Lord mess up this great day? Well, there's a clue. In the second detail, verse eight, it says the reason David was mad was that the Lord had, quote, broken out against Uzzah. It's that term there, the Lord broke out against him. The term used there about the Lord breaking out is generally used to describe God breaking out against his enemies in battle. It's a technical term. This was not some whimsical or capricious act on God's part. He, has not, uh, he was not suddenly behaving like Baal or one of the heathen idols of Canaan who was fickle and could turn on a dime. This was a deliberate, planned, measured action. The true and living God is unchangeable and he is impassable. That is, God cannot suffer and he cannot have an emotional response triggered in him by an outside stimulus like we did. Let me put it like this. My children could catch me on the wrong day or at the wrong time. And I may overreact. I have on numerous occasions had to apologize to my children for undeserved discipline. But that never happens with God. He never flies off the handle. You never sin, a minor sin, but you caught God on an off day and he overreacted and punished you too much. Never done it to me. It never happened with God. He never flies off the handle. Know what happened to Uzzah was justified and measured. So, what happened? According to the law of Moses, Numbers chapter 4, only the clan of Kohath of the tribe of Levi was allowed to carry the ark of the holy things, the tabernacle. They were to take the ark and, and, and cover it like a pall with the veil that hung in the entrance of the Holy of Holies. Then they were to cover the veil with goat skin and then cover the goat skin with blue cloth. And then they were to run poles along the sides. You remember the ark had, had rings that the poles would slide through on the sides and they were to carry the ark with the poles on their shoulders. Those were the divine instructions for how to carry the ark. And here in 2 Samuel 6 they simply were not following the instructions. If they had followed them, this would never have happened. If they had followed them, the ark would not have been on a wagon. It would not have been in danger of sliding off. And their carelessness put Uzzah in a terrible position. What they were wanting to do was a good thing, but they were doing it all wrong. What was the meaning of the ark? It was the presence of the Lord with his people. Now, if we're going to be with the Lord, we have to do it his way on his On our front of our bulletin today We put the second commandment Not to make graven images for worship I doubt any of us has a pagan shrine at home We're going to bow to this afternoon Do you know what's at the heart Of that commandment Not to make or bow down and serve graven images. At the heart of it is this. We cannot make up our own way to please God. We can't make up our own way to come to God or to worship God. We can't make up our own way to serve Him. We have to deal with God on his terms. David and his men were not dealing with the Lord on his terms. The ark was not to be touched with human hands. So as a die. Now some may think that that's literally overkill. But why were they getting the ark in the first place? It was the presence of the Lord. If they believed, really believed, the ark was the presence of God with them, stands to reason they would treat it the way God told them. It's said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's not exactly true, but there's certainly an element of truth in it. David and the men really do have good intentions to get the ark, but they're going about it all wrong. We may have the best intentions. We probably don't, but even if we did, it's not enough just to mean well. We have to do it by the book. So we see the right thing the wrong way. And secondly, and finally, in this passage, we see the blessing of God's presence, the blessing of God's presence. Look at verse nine. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord in the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite, and the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now, David has literally had the fear of God put into him. So they left the ark at the home of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, presumably the nearest house to where they were when Uzzah was struck dead. It stayed there three months And we read that while they had the ark, Obed-Edom and all his household, they were all blessed. Look at verse 12. And it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went through and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. So David hears of the blessing coming from the ark. Maybe he left it with Obed-Edom as a test. You know, they had to test these vaccines. understand another one's now been approved. It's got to be tested before you start shooting it into the general population. I figure by the time people my age are eligible for it, we'll all know if it's got any side effects. So maybe David said, let's leave the ark down at Obed-Edom's house for a while and see what happens to him. If he dies, we'll know to leave it alone. If he's blessed, we'll go back and get it. Well, he was blessed. So David decides to bring the ark on to Jerusalem. But they've learned a lesson. This time they do it right. And there is abundant joy and blessing to go around from the presence of the Lord. Now, the ARP Church is an old denomination. What we know of as the ARP Church, originally founded as the Senate of the South down in Fairfield County in 1803. But we have churches older than that and we come from a tradition that's older than that, my home church is 50 years older than the founding of the ARP Synod. ARPs came from two groups, the Associate Presbyterians and Reformed Presbyterians in Scotland in the 1600s and 1700s. The founding of what would become the ARP church is associated with uh, brothers the Erskine brothers, Ralph Erskine and Ebenezer Erskine in Scotland, for whom our college and seminary and various other endeavors, ARP Church, are known. But even before the Erskine brothers, a preacher in Scotland by the name of Thomas Boston got some ideas from reading an old book by a man we know little about named Edward Fisher. So. Who was the founder of the ARP church, technically? Was it the Erskins, Thomas Boston, Edward Fisher, or, or the Synod that met at the old brick church down in Fairfield County? None of the above. The ARP church was founded in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 16. Look at it. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Mahal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. Mahal, David's wife, though not called that here, Saul's daughter, she saw David shouting and dancing and she despised him. How dare you show any enthusiasm for God? Be quiet. And right there, my dear friends, Mihal founded the ARP Church. <laughs> but seriously, I'm not saying we ought to start dancing and shouting in church. You know, I'm probably the most old school person in this building right now. And I believe if we'd start dancing and shouting, that would actually put us closer to the situation Uzel was in. We won't get into all that today. But in all seriousness, the presence of the Lord with us is something to be excited about. I don't even like to use the word excited It's taken on such a shallow meaning today. If somebody's excited about something today, they're likely to have forgotten about it tomorrow. But to have the presence of God is something legitimately to be excited about. We must come to God his way on his terms. The Lord Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Any other way than the way God himself has made. Through His Son Jesus Christ, any other way leads to hell. What did the ark represent? Well, think of what was in it: It contained the Ten Commandments, Aaron's rod that bloomed, manna from heaven, the things God revealed and provided. It was the place where the blood of atonement was sprinkled once a year for the forgiveness of sins. And and there the ark where it sat in the holy of holies represented the footstool before the invisible throne of God. The king on his throne. The ark is a picture of Jesus Christ, the living bread who came down from heaven, who revealed the Father to us, who shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins and who is raised and seated on the right hand of the throne of God. And he says, Lo, I am with you always. If you come to God on his terms, in his way, by faith in Jesus Christ alone, he is always with you. And that's something to be excited about. You know, we're headed to the test final exam these are the instructions for that test we got time to prepare we don't have to guess he told us what will be on the test And like that test I was given so many years ago, there's one instruction that makes all the difference. Trust my son. We're headed for a test. Please, please carefully read the instructions. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.